morning I was uh, as I woke up I was really asking the Lord about uh, Pentecost and um, and just the fire that fell at Pentecost and, and and I saw this on you guys this morning as we were in worship and um, I saw your hearts like flames coming alive in your hearts like a lot of you have really felt um, like a dullness in your hearts towards the Lord and you've been asking the Lord hey you know this isn't okay with me and um, and I saw a flame start in, in, in many of our hearts this morning. And, and when Jared was singing that song prophetically, Jer- Jeremy and Jared, what was it? Open our hearts for your presence. I really felt the Holy Spirit on that. And, and just I heard the cry from all of you to the Lord. I just felt like the Lord said, I'm coming, baby, I'm coming. So we just love you, God, and we thank you. I ask this morning that you would open our hearts and you would open our minds to receive your word. Father, I ask this morning that it would be sharp and, um, and it would hit the mark that you want it to hit. Um, I, I ask, God, that it wouldn't be just another message, but it would really um, bring clarity to us um, as we continue to grow in our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, um, on Pentecost, as we celebrate that, I really wanted to um, just reflect a little bit about um, our journey here and and some of my own um, uh, wrestling with the Lord. Is that okay? Um, when we started a house of prayer, the Lord told us, of course, to start a house of prayer because nobody in their right mind would do that. Um, so it was really something that God told us to do. And my, um, cry to him was, well, I I really don't know how to pray. Um, I know how to prophesy. I know how to do, you know, I know how to heal people and pray for healing in your name, but I I really don't know how to pray. And, um, will you teach me to pray? And, and, and going throughout the body of Christ, God was, um, all throughout the earth. He, what he's doing is he's waking up his bride in intimacy and in prayer so that we, his bride will come back to him so that we can know who he truly is. Right. And, and as we know him, we love him. And as we love him, we, um, we become love and we, we can go out and be love. Right. And so, uh, I'm asking God, and so, but the first things first, I want to keep the first things first, and so I really have been wrestling with God because I'm like, you know, I want to pray prayers that get answered, right? I mean, I don't want to just be a clanging gong or a symbol that, that, that doesn't see any fruit of my prayers, and so I've been wrestling with God because there's a lot of different prayer models out there, and when we first started, we really looked to IHOP, at the International House of Prayer, and we said, you know, look at the, what they're doing. Look at this harp and bowl thing. This is interesting. I've never seen that before. This is cool, da 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 and we're asking the Lord about it, and the Lord said, that's not your way, and we're like, well, but they're doing a really good job, and they're seeing a lot of fruit, you know? It's a, you're really blessing that. And he said, yeah, that's them. That's not you. That's not your way. I'm doing something different in you guys. And so we're like, okay. So uh, Lou Engle is a good friend of ours, and he's a father of the house. And he's a great man of God and, um, and, and a good friend to, to John and I and to the leadership here. And... Um, so we're like, okay, Lou. Lou's got J-Hops, which are justice houses of prayer. And, um, and they contend. 
and I don't know if you know about contending prayer, but it's, uh, it's very fiery and, uh, and involves a lot of volume and, uh, and a lot of passion. Uh, there's not a whole lot of eating that's involved in it. And, um, so it's, it's a roar and it's a roar that never stops. And, uh, so, so I was like, okay, well that, that, this Lord, look at this, this contending thing. This is awesome. I love their passion. I love their zeal. We we're going to do that. And the Lord said, no, that's not who you are. And I, 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 and I began to feel like that book that's written by Dr. Seuss, which was, uh, with the little bird, are you my mother? You know, and he'd go over to the cat and say, are you my mother? And it's like, I'm a cat. I'm not your mother. You're a bird. And they go over to like the, like the, um, what was the big tractor thing? Are you my mother? And he's like, this isn't your mother. It's a tractor. Okay. So anyway, those of you that have read the book, you get what I'm saying. So I, we've been going around going, God, help us to find our way. How many of you feel like that in prayer sometimes? You're just like, you know, God, show me my way. Because there's a way that you've prepared for us. And there's a way that God has prepared for us as a body. And and so um, I've really, since the beginning of this year, I've in earnest begun to ask the Lord for this reality, for, for this house. And so much so that we've stopped doing harp and bowl here. I don't know if a lot of you have noticed, but we've stopped doing it. It's not because we don't love harp and bowl it's just we felt like we we in earnest had to seek out our way and a lot of times when you're doing that you have to stop doing the other way in order to find your way right and so we really had to we really are in earnest seeking who God's created us to be as a body and as a leadership and as a staff. And so we've gone back to the simplicity of prayer, which is why we moved everything out of this room and we've, we've moved it into that small room there. And, and it's why we really are pressing into God, just saying, show up, just teach us again, show us again, show us your heart again in this. And, um, so the Lord began to, um, in earnest, as we, as we've begun to do this, um, he's begun to show me and I wanted to share it with you. Um, you know, the, the word says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that means that it has the power to overcome. And I know that we have, um, we have fervency, you know, we have a lot of passion. We have laid down our lives for this. I mean, the people in this room, I mean, I, I you y'all are like the tip of the spear, honestly. I mean, we are not a seeker-friendly church. You know that we're not a seeker-friendly church. You know when you come here, you're either going to be offended or you're going to be like, these people are so loud and radical and the things that we do. And, you know, we're all about what's heaven's doing. And so we want to love everybody from from heaven's perspective. Amen? And, um, and so the part that I feel like I was lacking for myself was effective because I knew I had the fervency, but, but how can I be effective in prayer? Um, and, and, and I've been going back and looking at the things that God said. So, you know, when you get to a point where you're like, okay, things are moving and changing and I'm in a season of transition, we have to go back and say, what has God said? What are all of the things throughout my history in him that he has said? And so we began to look at a lot of that. I did and really meditate on it and meditate on his word going, what is the truth? What is the truth of God for prayer? Because I, I mean, I, I'm just going to... 
and it's not, I don't want to be offensive to anybody over any kind of prayer model, but I believe God is increasing us. And just because there was an on-ramp of a type of prayer, it doesn't mean that we're going to stay in that place. Even though he may have introduced the whole body of Christ to prayer again because we were prayerless, we have to continue to grow in that and to go where God wants to go. Because God is after a people that dwell in the presence of God day and night, night and day. God is not after building another model of religion and another form of religion that we can fit ourselves into so we can be imprisoned again by another form of religion. But he is after a living, breathing house of prayer and temple day and night, night and day. But it's like, well, okay, how do you do that? Because honestly, we got to go to work you know, and we got to make a living and we've got to pay our bills, right? So um, the Lord just really took us back and said, okay, remember what I said to you. Remember who you are. And so as a ministry, we have a mission statement that's really a defining light. And by the way, every single one of you should have a mission statement for your life. This is not for a corporation. This is not for a ministry. But every single person needs to have a mission statement for your life. You need to press into God. And you also need to have a a list of what the values are that you have and you want for your life. I mean, we've got a whole list of values for this house. I think there's like 15 of them. Um, So I encourage you to do that. Um, for, so for storehouse, it is rebuilding living temples to function as priests and kings to God, bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. So if I'm a living temple, if I am a living, breathing temple where the Holy Spirit dwells, then my prayer life has to come into alignment with this mission statement. So I'm alive, I'm a living temple, and, and the spirit of the living God lives in me. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning because I want to talk about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and and what Jesus said when he came and how he wants us to live that reality out. And this is going to be the first of of, uh, a several-part series. I don't know how long it's going to actually be. But my objective is to teach you to pray. Okay, my objective is not just that you would be gimme, gimme, gimme God, but my objective is that I, is that through the word of God, you will learn how to ascend to the place of the third heaven, go before the throne, get what you need and bring it to the earth. That's the prayer that Jesus said to pray. Now, when we start this, it's going to be a little bit difficult because some of us are used to doing it and some of us aren't used to doing it. Bless you. Um, and, and it's kind of like, you know, cooking, right? So prayer, that, that's what I always say. Praying is like cooking. So if you don't know how to cook, right, and you first start, you've got your recipe book out and you're following it line upon line and you've got like your, um, you've got your measuring tools and you measure exactly what it's supposed to be. But as you become more adept at cooking, um, you get to the point where you really don't even need the measuring cups and you don't need to, because you can eyeball a teaspoon, you know what a cup is like, you just get in the kitchen and you start whipping it up, right? So you can, and then you, you start to you get to the place where you know, no matter where you go, I can make that particular recipe because I've made it so many times. Are you with me? All right. 
So that's kind of what we're going to be doing. Doesn't that sound like fun? So our message is really particularly applicable to marketplace people because what it does is it teaches you to pray and it teaches you to access heaven in your workplace. And it teaches you how to function as a priest and a king in that place without having to be in a house of prayer or without having to wrestle with the second heaven and contending when, in fact, you're just supposed to be ascending to the third heaven, right? Okay. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 3. Because when John the Baptist came, he came with a message that was Jesus' message, which was, uh, which was what? You guys know it, right? Very good. Sister Sasha, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in Matthew 3, it's really interesting because um, it tells the story about uh, John the Baptist, who is a radical man. Yep. Obviously, there wasn't a mall where he was located because he was dressed in interesting attire. All right, he said this, um, 3.1, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. So there's John in the wilderness, and he's eating funny food, and he's dressed very strangely, probably hasn't bathed in a while, and well, other than getting in the water and baptizing, but you can imagine the hair and the everything. And um, so he, he's got this fire on him and he's saying something that's different. So he's like a, 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 he's a prophet, not like a prophet. He is a prophet and he's saying something different, but all of Jerusalem has come out to see him because they're so interested in what he's saying, not because it sounds good, but because it has fire on it and it's, it's got the presence of the Holy Spirit on it. So the whole place is responding to him and they're coming out to see what he has to say. And the Pharisees, the religious people, are very interested in this because they're like, okay, who is this guy? We're going to go check him out, right? All right, so they all come out, and it's very interesting what John the Baptist says because he's not really very nice to them, you know? And, 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 and when he, he talks to them, he says this. Let's see, where do I want to? Um, okay, so they, they're like, they come to him, they approach him, and in verse 8, he says to them, uh, he's, he's talking to them, and he says, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For as I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And he goes down, and he, and he talks about how Jesus is coming, and he's gonna, he says, I baptize you with water, but there is one that's coming out after me that's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. All right. In verse 12, he says this, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. That's actually storehouse, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And see, when you when you have wheat, when the wheat goes onto the threshing floor, the wheat is in the chaff, and the chaff is the stalk, and it's the little flower like at the base that holds the wheat in place. So what happens on the threshing floor is that it breaks that chaff off of the center 
of the wheat that's sitting there like that so that the wheat can be freed from the chaff. And, and if you think about that, I believe what he's saying is that, uh, is that when you repent, the repentance is the threshing floor that breaks that covering off of the natural mind so that we change our minds so that our, the, the seed or the wheat can actually be fruitful and can then begin to go out and multiply itself. And, and I believe that, that what he's talking about is that the mind of man in the fall in the garden actually had a veil that came over us and, it, and, it, and, it, and the natural mind took over our, all of the functioning and the operations, right? So from that point, we began to reason and we could no longer see the spiritual things and the supernatural ways of God because the, because the kingdom doesn't make sense to the wise because it is the things of the supernatural realm. And so we have to understand that when he said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was talking about a kingdom that was not of this world, but he was not talking about when you die. He was talking about a kingdom that was a supernatural reality that was available to us here and now. That's why he said the kingdom of hand is near or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so he was saying, you're going to be able to now ascend and go to this realm, which is a place called heaven while you live on the earth. And we are, by his definition, called ambassadors that represent another kingdom. And we are called, this is the place, this is the foreign land that we are called to be ambassadors to. And we are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And we're called to come and represent the king in this land. We're also called citizens. We are citizens and we are now in the family of God. So we belong to a tribe that is a that is a heavenly tribe there are all of the saints that have gone before you that are in heaven and they're cheering you on because you actually now are part of their family and we don't see them but they see us and let me tell you something throw this out there this is going to be some of you will be like I'm going to have to look that up <clears throat> John the beloved was ushered around the heavenly realm by a man that had died before him. It was not an angel. He said in Revelation, I think it's 20, he said, listen, don't, don't kneel to me for I am a fellow saint. I am a, I am, I'm like you. I've just already gone to heaven and I'm here and I'm showing you around heaven. I'm telling you, there is a great company of people that are making sure that we get to where we're going and they're working together with the angels to see the promises of God. And I can tell you that in the last days and in the last generation, they are going to be fully engaged in seeing that, that, the kingdom comes on this earth. Amen? Are you still with me or did you go? What? <clears throat> All right. So I don't know about you, but I, I, I so, so I, I want my mind to be fully freed. Don't you? I want my mind to be fully freed and it's okay if I get offended. 
It's okay if you get offended at this. It's okay if, you, but you are called, and, and, and this is what happened at Pentecost. This is what Peter was talking about. He said, let me tell you what has just happened here. The, the, what's just happened here is what, was, what Joel talked about in chapter 2, and it's the promise that in the last days, the Holy Spirit will come and break in and on all men, and all men will, will have dreams, and, and all women will ha- see visions. So basically he's saying, my, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Turn to your neighbor and say, all flesh. Now, right, does that mean anybody gets excluded? No. Does that mean it's only for the super pastors? No. This is such good news for us. Because he said, listen, I have now gone. I've torn the veil that that separates you from this realm in heaven. And you now can have access to ascend to the mountaintop with God. But you have to go there. And you have to say, this is for me. I didn't know this was for me. But now that I know that it's for me, I'm I'm starting to awaken with a hunger. And I want to experience this for myself because this is how we're supposed to live. He, he said, this is how I want you to pray. I don't want you to pray uh, uh, in heaven and on uh, uh, bring, bring uh, the things of earth to heaven. But he said, I want you to go to heaven and I want you to bring those things to it that are in heaven down to the earth. And he said, you should be able to do this 24-7 and you should be doing it 24-7. So like I said, it's like cooking. You're going to get a lot better at it. And you're going to be able to ascend and descend to the realm of the third heaven and come back down and bring what's in heaven on earth. All right? This is good news. All right, Ephesians 2. For the, for, uh, what am I doing here? Okay, hold on. All right, let's talk about the mystery. So our desire is to equip you to access this place called the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus calls a mystery. The mystery doesn't mean that it's not available. It just means that we have to seek it out. We have to search it out. It means that it is hidden. But for those of us who will actually say, God, show me. That's all we have to say. God, I say yes to you. God, I don't care what it looks like. I'm saying to you, show me your ways. Remember last week we were talking about the, knowing the ways of God that leads us into all truth that, so that we can know him and know his ways? And, and, um, and so I'm like, okay, God, show us. And Jesus said, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but for, to those who are outside, all things come in parables, meaning those who are wise in their minds they are not going to be able to discern the things of the spirit. They're not going to be able to understand the things of, of visions and dreams and the deep mysteries of God. But to you, because you have said yes, because you have said, I want the pearl of the great price and I'm going to buy that and I'm going to lay down everything to get this reality. Paul writes to the Romans and he says, for I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own opinion. And see, I believe that the mystery, this mystery is not for people of earthly minds. And it's not people that are humanistic or dualistic in their thinking. You cannot say, I'm going to think the same way that the world thinks. And I'm going to think the same way that the kingdom thinks. Because a double-minded man is, is really disastrous. I mean, it, it, and, and we've tried, John and I tried to do that when we, when we first got saved. And we didn't understand about this mystery. We were trying to live in both camps. And, and, it, and it makes you, it's like you're insane, you know? You're like, well, I believe this, but look at this because these are the ways of man. And, and I'll tell you something. I, I love what Jeremy said about, 
uh, the kingdom of heaven is not America. <laughs> that was a shock. <clears throat> but listen, America was founded on biblical principles. And so it truly, America is truly such a diamond in the heart of God. It is, it is such a jewel in the crown of the king. And, um, and we have been given such a, oh, an amazing land that we live in. And because it was founded on biblical principles, it, it functions so well. It's almost like a utopia. And it's the best system that's ever been on the earth that provides the most amount of freedom for its people. The most amount of joy, the most amount of abundance, the most amount of provision for us. But we can't mistake that for the kingdom of heaven. It is not the kingdom of heaven. But we can really prosper in it because it was, it was based in biblical principles. And so because it, was, it, was, it, it grew out of the word of God, we oftentimes will eat of that reality and get fat on that, thinking that then we've arrived. But that's not the kingdom. That's why he said, listen, it is hard for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom because they feel like it's so unnecessary to have the kingdom life because you're so fat in the things of the earth. The mystery of the kingdom of heaven is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us. And where is he seated? He's seated in the right, at the right hand of the Father. And so if we are in him and he is in us, where are we seated? We are seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he, one, made us alive together with Christ. Number two, raised us up together with Christ. And three, made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ. So he did three things. Made us alive, raised us up, and he seated us together in heavenly places. But I was, I was thinking to myself about this because I don't know about you. I'm talking about me. <laughs> You know, I've, I've become like, you know, in a lot of part of my, of my life, I've become an earth dweller, you know. Um, and it, this is not metaphorical. He's not talking metaphorically. He's saying that there are realms in heaven that we've been seated in, but we've abdicated our seat. And it's kind of like that movie, um, um, The Lion King, you know. Simba abdicates his place of authority and his place as a son of the king. And he goes and he plays with those two misfits. I forget their name. The fa- Who is it? Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah, the fat, the fat warthog. I am a young warthog. And a meerkat. Right. So, so... It's like us, you know? It's like, well, I don't want to go back there and rule and reign. But what happens is because he's abdicated his place, evil has taken over the land, and, 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 and he's, he's not ruling and reigning, and he's forgotten who he is. 
And, but, and he begins to discover who he is by looking into the image of himself, and he sees the image of his father. Remember? And that's when he, he gets, he's like, okay, I got to go back. I got to go back. And that's really where we are in time, guys. You know, we're Simba. And it's time for us to go back and begin to take our role and begin to ascend to these, this place in the throne room that has been given to us. Jesus paid a, a huge price. He gave us everything. And he's like, you guys are being bottom dwellers. You know, you, are, you, are, you, have, you, have, you have left the 99% of what I died for you to have, and you think you're satisfied on the 1%, but if you'll begin to go after the other, I'm telling you, this whole city will be transformed. And it doesn't take a lot of people. It doesn't take a massive, seeker-friendly church. It doesn't take, take 3,000 people. It only takes 12 that learn how to do this. And I'm telling you, this city will come down at all the old places and all of the waste places in this city and all of the the hierarchies that the demons have built will come down. All right, so let's talk about the third heaven. So Paul said to the Corinthians, "Um, I know a man who's in Christ 14 years. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but he was in the third heaven, right? And I mean, I don't know about you, but I want to go to the third heaven. Now, I've been there a couple of times, and um, the things that I have seen in the third heaven, that, that, and, and what he does is, is when I go to the place of the third heaven, he shows me what he wants me to, 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 to give away on the earth, and then I, I get it. And I, I bring it down to the earth, and then I see that things happen right away. Or, or something happens that is, that's difficult, you know, a difficult situation that I know that God wants me to pray about. But instead of me just, you know, going, okay, I'm going to start praying what I think I should pray. Instead, I go, hey, God, you know, what do you want me to pray and, and I go to that place in the throne room, and he begins to give me strategy of how he wants me to pray because he knows what's going on in the heart of the person that I'm praying for. He knows the situation. He knows the history. He knows everything about that person, and I don't. I don't know how to pray. Now, you know, of course, we've got, you know, our prayer language, Shantiaradaba, thank, thank the Lord. But this is, this is how I do it. And I see these things. And they're, they're, to use a very Christianese word, they are made manifest on the earth. But they, they come from the spirit realm, and I see in the natural that heaven comes into that person's life or into a situation, and things begin to change and be transformed. And a lot of you have been put in businesses to be ambassadors for Christ. A lot of you have been put in cities to be ambassadors of Christ and to bring the kingdom of heaven to those places, but you don't, haven't learned how to ascend into heaven and get your instructions from the king so that you can take authority over the place that you've been assigned. Turn to Ephesians 3, verse 8. And by the way, when we're going through all of this, I really want you guys to come with your Bibles and your um, and a journal. Um, 
so you can take notes. I can put on my um, wireless mic because I don't have a belt. But I do have a new dress that John bought me. For husbands with good taste. All right, Ephesians 3, verse 8. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this is Paul writing to the Ephesians, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see, all see, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent, say intent, that means the purpose, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, by who? By you, to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Where? Right. That's not, that's not, he's not talking metaphorically. He's saying, listen, okay, here's the intent, okay? The whole intent and the whole purpose is that uh, you guys uh, would come to heaven and you can make known the wisdom of God to the earth and, by the way, all principalities and powers. So you're going to pass through the second heaven and go, yeah, yeah, I got the message of the king. Let me just tell you what that looks like, right? So, the Bible talks about heavens, and it talks about um, that when God created the earth, he created the heavens, that's plural. So, there's more than one heaven, and the Bible pretty much breaks it down into three, and it says that there are three heavens. There is the third heaven, which is the throne room of God. It's where God is. That's where uh, the mercy seat is. That's where he's seated. That's where Christ is. There's the second heaven where um, all the bad guys hang out. Yes. Second heaven. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 that God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that age which is to come which would be us. We're in the age which has come. Hello, hello. Chapter 6. He describes these principalities in Ephesians chapter 6. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Okay? And we know from Daniel 10 that, that uh, Daniel, when he prayed, right? This is Old Testament. So Daniel's in the earth, right? He's praying and he's asking God for something. So what happens is that God releases his angel from the third heaven, the throne. But what does he have to do? He has to fight through the second heaven in order to bring the promises down to the earth. And he's fighting with the prince of Persia in the second heaven. So there are realms that, 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 are, uh, that are around us and we live on the earth, which is the first heaven. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? A lot of going, I've got to read this for myself. 
So what I want to do is I want to teach us how to live out of the place of heaven, to bring the words of heaven to the earth. You know, I don't know about you, but when I have a place that I need to go, and, you know, of course, men don't do this, but women do this. When, you, you know, you're lost and you're in a car and you need to get directions, you know, men will just drive around the city until they find it. Um, but women will actually ask somebody who knows, you know, where to go and how to get there, you know. You're like, help me out here. And um, come on, our GPS. Well, you have that now, but, you know, back in old school days, there were maps. Remember maps? Remember how big they were? I don't know. How did we not wreck? (laughs) Anyway, so I would not ask someone in Oklahoma directions on how to get around in Dallas. You know? So you ask someone that knows, who's been there, how to get there, right? Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how to get there. Um, Zechariah 6. Let's finish up by saying this. Jared, do you want to come and, and lead us in worship as we close? Zechariah 6, 12 through 13. Then speak to him, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord of armies. Behold, the man whose name is the branch, from his place he shall branch out. He shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall build the temple of the Lord. Says it twice. He shall bear the glory, and he shall sit and rule on his throne, so he shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace which shall be between them both. So the council of peace that's going on between Jesus and his father, he's saying, guys, I want you to hear what I'm, what's going on here. I want you to hear about my counsel, my might, my wisdom, my understanding. I want you to begin to take these things, these seven spirits of God, the spirit of the Lord, and we want you to be carriers of these things that you would take and you would be ambassadors of this kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, and you would bring the kingdom. You would learn. You would take the time to learn how to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. Amen and amen.